Well, you got eerily quiet there for a moment, so it's good to hear the claps. Not for me, but I, I pray you're thanking God for opportunity to be together. Because you couldn't plan this kind of stuff if you tried. I know people try to plan things, but God puts stuff together. When God puts it together, it works. And that's why I know we're going to have, as Pastor said, I love his word that he used. It's going to be epic. It's going to be uh, different than just normality in church. It's going to be different than just a normal camp meeting. How many of you know today we are in the glory of the Lord? We're not just in the presence of God, but we're in the manifest presence of God. And that makes all the difference. The first miracle that Jesus did, the Bible said that he manifested forth his glory. The glory in the Old Testament, it's kabod. There was the Shekinah glory that you could see in fire. You could see it in different manifestations of tangible, visible things. And then you have the kabod of God. That's the weighty presence of God. When sometimes God would fill the tabernacle and the priests could not minister because they were just pinned down. The weightiness of God. In the New Testament, the Hebrew word is doxa. Or the Greek word is doxa. One of the meanings is honor. It means reputation. really means reputation. You think about that. When Jesus turned the water into wine, he manifested forth his reputation. Because he's not like another man. He's from above. He's not from below. He didn't come from the seed of a man. He's the seed of woman. Prophesied in the book of Genesis. He's the supernatural man. Here's a term that I have been speaking over the last few months of time. I want to tell you today that Jesus Christ is God's normal. That he's God's normal. That's just the way God does stuff through his people. So if, the, if he's God's normal, then he's our new man inside of us, and we should be doing the works that he did, and he said even greater works. So that's why it's going to be epic. We're going to see a manifestation of the glory of God. He's going to do things this week that's going to build his reputation in our hearts, in our spirits, in our minds. And I don't know about you, but I've got some lofty thoughts about God today. Amen. I said, I think some lofty thoughts about God today. And I know he feels that way about us. Aren't you glad he thinks toward us? I know the thoughts that I think toward you. He just doesn't think about you. He thinks toward you. So catch those thoughts today. They're miracle thoughts, the thoughts that are higher than our normal thoughts. So I thank God for the opportunity to be here. I want to take a moment to honor your great pastors that started this wonderful church uh, 22 years ago, right? 22 years ago. Amazing, isn't it? That uh, God put it in their spirits to start a work here. And uh, look at the increase. Started with 17 people. I started a church one time in Geneva, Alabama. My wife and I did. Back in 2012, we had 17 our first Sunday, too. 17 on Sunday morning, 17 on Sunday night. The next Sunday, we grew all the way to 12. <laughs> well, obviously, you, you turned a different way than we did. But uh, anyway, I want to take a moment to honor Brother Jonathan and Sister Angela. And I'm staying with them. They are gracious hosts to me. Put your hands together and honor the set authority in this house. We honor you, folks. God bless you, brother. Thank you for having me come. And um, I know when an evangelist is flowing right, he's just a confirmational voice. I'm not here to set precedent. I'm here to water the seed that your pastor has sown. And God's going to give increase. Now, listen, you've already had Hurricane Jared Jenkins come through, right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's pretty accurate, isn't it? God has his way in the hurricane. <laughs> God, God spoke to Job out of the whirlwind. So, so you know what I'm talking about. I looked up the word Eurachlodon on Google the other day. Jerry Jenkins' picture came up. That's the storm that Paul went through on the way to Rome. Okay, So, so in, other, in other words, the word he kept using, and our pastor used this too when Jared was here, that God wrecked your church. That's what Eurachlodon does. It wrecks things. So, so you've had Hurricane Jared. You've had Eurachlodon Jared come through. I'm, I'm probably more of the south wind that blows softly compared to that. So, but uh, I, I just want to speak into what God's doing here. I feel like that's what he's gifted me to do as a preacher is to speak into the work of God that's here. I'm not a discourager. I've got good news. 
If you came to hear somebody talk about all the bad stuff that's going on in the world, I'm not the voice to do that. You're going to be disappointed with me. I'm here to talk about kingdom stuff. I'm here to talk about what heaven's up to. I'm here to talk about how that Jesus is greater than every name. Whether in heaven, in earth, under the earth, everything must bow before that name. So I'm here to do that today. I'm here to lift up Jesus. He gave the promise that when he's lifted up from the earth, there's a vortex that's created that moves people toward him. Right? There's a vortex that's created that brings people to him. I've saw tornadoes before lift up tractor trailer rigs off the, off the earth, throw it around like a rag doll, toss it over many miles away sometimes. Isn't that powerful? That a vortex can do that. I saw it lift up houses off a foundation. In other words, things that really weren't interested in being moved when that vortex of the tornado was created, it moved whether it wanted to or not. So when we lift up Jesus, the Lord has the ability to create a vortex that people that came here today that's not interested in moving toward God, get ready. You're going to move toward God. You're going to move toward God. Because we're going to lift up Jesus. We have lifted him up. But I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Thank you for your giving. Pastor said he can help you spell thousands. I just want to tell you, you spell millions with two L's, okay? <laughs> Praise God. Just say it. Just say it. Praise God. I want you to stand with me today. We're going to go into the scripture. <clears throat> When I go into churches, it's important to me to have the rhema word for that house. Um, I've got a lot of things. Some people have mentioned some messages that they've listened to on YouTube before. Uh, one was at Pottsville. A couple of people mentioned it. The king's response to the failure of the queen. That's the only time I ever preached that message. And I like to preach it a whole lot more. Because it moved me. It touched my spirit deeply. That's the only time I ever preached that message. Because it was for that moment and for that house. So I'm, a, I'm probably going to say some things this week that I've never said anywhere else. Because I don't have a set pattern that I follow in revival. I'm just going to sit in the counsel of the Lord. I'm going to hear the word of the Lord at his mouth. He's going to speak into my spirit. So you can be confident today that what I'm saying to you is what God is saying to you. I don't say that braggadociously at all. I'm just saying it matters that much to me because I've been the guy on that side of the pulpit. I love to be here, but I've been out there where you are. I've been needing a word from God. And if God had not spoken through a man or a woman that's flowing in the Holy Spirit, I don't know where I would be today. I really don't know, but God did have somebody that spoke. So I just want you to know that's my heart for you today. I'm going to make a vow to you. I'm not going to be running around all over the country for half the day uh, sightseeing. I might get to see some stuff, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here to labor for the Lord. I'm here to serve under this pastor. I put myself under his authority. He's my authority this week, okay? So I put myself under him. I can't flow in the anointing that God's put in my life if I don't honor his anointing because the anointing flows down. It's poured out on the head, and then it goes down. So I want to put myself under him. That way I can flow in my anointing, and that way I can also be the beneficiary of Pastor Jonathan's anointing as well. And that's a double portion, right? Two anointing, that's a double portion. So that's what I want to release unto you today. And let's read the scripture here, Luke chapter 15 and verse number 11 and verse number 12. I think they're going to put them up for us today. On the screen, Luke chapter 15, verses 11 and 12, and then verses 22 through 24. Luke 15, verse 11 and 12, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portions of good that falleth to me. Give me the basic stuff. That belongs to me in my position as son number two. That's what he's literally asking for. Give me the basic stuff that falls to me in my position as son number two. And he divided unto them his living. Verses 22 through 24. 
But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. Now listen, when the father says you're dead, you're dead. That's not a term that you synonymously with people that are alive in Christ and by the Holy Spirit. So everybody says once a son, always a son. But when the father says you're a dead son, you're not alive anymore. And his judgment is all that matters. He's committed all judgment to the son. And Jesus is making that judgment, right? The son is dead, but he's alive again. He was lost. That's not a term synonymous with saved people. This boy was a son that was alive, was found at one time, but now he's backslid, right? Now he's away, but he's come again. And the father said he was lost and is found and they begin to be merry. So what we see is here is a movement from basic blessing into the Father's bountiful blessing. And that's what I want to speak about today. Moving from the basics into the bountiful. Moving from the basics into the bountiful. Our Father, we ask you today to come and anoint us with fresh oil. I am nothing without you, God. I dare not even try to lift up one word, God, to speak to your people without the confidence that I have in the Holy Spirit to be my anointing as it was the anointing of the head of the church. Jesus, you said the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He's anointed you to do supernatural things, to set right things that were wrong. And I know, Spirit of God, that you are also the anointing of the church today. So I trust you to come and be the wisdom and the mind of God in me and through me to the people of the Lord. I'm asking you, God, to open every heart. We move against every human spirit, every demonic spirit that would try to distort, that would try to distract. God, let us wait upon you today without distraction. Holy Spirit, consume us in the fire and the passion of Jesus Christ. Meet every need. I've already saw in my spirit Spirit of God, I saw you melting mountains. I saw you melting hills. And we know that the hills melt like wax at the presence of God. And I thank you that you're making straight paths for our feet. You're going to make it easy for people to get to God today. We thank you for what you've already done, what you're doing even now, and what you shall do, Lord, throughout the week. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody shouted amen. And amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord today. <clears throat> Moving from the basics into the bountiful. For years, I have prophesied that the day would come when prodigals would begin their migration back toward the Father's house. I'm glad to tell you that is occurring. It's occurring everywhere. I see it almost on a weekly basis. As I move about the country, I see people that were once alive unto God, that backslid, became dead and lost, making their way back home again. And the Father is giving them revival. God is giving them a renewing in their spirit man. Now I'm going to tell you that not only is that occurring, but it's also going to continue to multiply in capacity. You get ready for people that left this church that were never meant to leave. They're going to come back again, and they're going to want your God. They're going to get in the spirit of the house, and they're going to want your God. So get ready for that. I know you're already seeing that, but you're going to see that in a greater capacity. Now, there is a barrier of limitation that must be dismantled on the return of lost and dead sons back to the Father. And what you find in the narrative, and I've never really considered this until yesterday and this morning, as God began to drop this into my spirit, what the narrative of the prodigal reveals is that the barrier of limitation was active and accentuated in the very beginning of his relationship with the Father. Now, I want to tell you today that in the Father's house, there is no limitation of his relationship with us, and there is no limitation of his resources to and in us. The, 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 the elder brother got angry 
When the prodigal came back home and the father was so bountiful in his restoration, the father began to rebuke him, but also began to release him into something different. What you find about the father's house is that even the servants, the, the hired servants, have bread enough and to spare. There's enough and more that God gives to them, the father gives to them out of his own heart. And so when the prodigal comes back home and the elder brother begins to examine the grace and the mercy that the father is showing and displaying to the prodigal he said to the father you never gave me anything like that you never gave me a kid he said you never asked for it you never gave me a party like this you never asked me for it in fact the father said this in Luke 15 31 he said unto him son you are ever with me that's unlimited relationship you're, you're ever with me and then he said all that I have is, th is thine that's unlimited resources. So understand today, as far as the Father is concerned, and as far as the Father's house is concerned, there is no barrier of limitation in relationship, and there is no barrier of limitation in resource from God. Now, when the Father said that to the elder brother, that you're with me always, and all that I have is yours, there is rebuke in that, and there is release in that. The elder brother never asked, for the things of the father all things of the father the younger son never asked for the all things of the father all he ever asked for was the basic stuff what I'm supposed to have that's what I want from you but the father today is going to release us because I'm here to tell you as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 12 we've not received the spirit of the world but we have received the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are free given to us of God are you hearing what I'm saying today that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God God put in my spirit a few years ago he said David when, when you receive what I'm offering to you you make the giver look good that's what you need to do today you're going to make the giver look good when you begin to receive from his hand without limitation and without reservation I played quarterback in high school I know it's hard to believe because I don't look like a quarterback. I'm short. I'm fat. I'm, I, I'm not muscled up like pastor's sons are and like some of you are. I, amen. I told Brother Jonathan, I said, you look like GQ. I look like DQ. Amen. <laughs> That's what I am. Some people's all that in a bag of chips. I'm all this because of a bag of chips. <laughs> Come on. You know what I'm talking about. I played quarterback in high school. I don't say that to impress you because anybody can say hut and hand the ball off. Okay, all you got to do is say hut and put the ball in your hands, hand it to the guy. But when I was a junior, we, we actually threw the ball quite a bit. I didn't have a strong arm. I, was, I, I didn't even say I have a finesse arm. I just tried to put it out there, and every once in a while they caught it. Every once in a while, I put it out there where they could catch it. I actually played with a guy that was split in that was all state as a receiver. He was incredible, fast. I saw him make moves on people, and they, they just reached for air. He was a very gifted athlete, and sometimes we would run what we called a quick pass to the split end. Well, all he did, all he split out wide, either to the right or the left, whichever way we were running the, the play, if we were at the 20-yard line, his name was Ricky Barton. Ricky Barton would go five yards up. He would cut inside. My job was to hit him at about the 30-yard line line I've saw him catch the ball at the 30 yard line run the other 70 yards to the house for a touchdown well listen I was so arrogant back in the day I wanted to see my name in the paper I knew that my name was going to be in the Sunday paper because I threw a pass and what always tickled me was that they said David Owens threw an 80 yard touchdown pass to Ricky Barton amen I didn't throw an 80 yard touchdown pass I threw a 10 yard pass and he took it 70 more yards for a touchdown in other words what I'm saying is the receiver made the giver look good are you hearing what I'm saying today when you receive what God is giving to you you make the father look really good come on give him praise today so the father looked extravagant in his giving in his relationship to his sons over the last couple of years the Lord has spoken two very powerful words to me 
that have been both rebuke and release. Pastor and I were talking about this yesterday morning at his uh, uh, kitchen table. God spoke two things to me. First of all, he said, David, you're the reason why I've never been able to use you on the scale I've wanted to. See, I wanted to blame deacon boards, and I wanted to blame the system, and I wanted to blame church people, and I wanted to blame life. But he said, David, you're the reason. I've never been able to use you on the scale that I wanted to use you. I had to repent. That crushed me, but it also released me because it let me know God was not through and God had more for my life if I would simply give myself to him. Another thing he said to me was, he said, David, do you know how few people, this is what I told pastor yesterday morning. He said, David, do you know how few people pursue and love me like I desire to be pursued and loved? Again, there was rebuke in that. What he's saying is, David, you're not even doing that. But there was release in that because he was telling me, I want you to be that. Hallelujah. I'm giving you grace to be that. If you'll repent before me and give yourself to me, David, then you can pursue me and desire me the way that I want to be loved. God sent me here all the way from the beautiful state of Arkansas. God sent me here to tell you that the spirit is going to shift the asking and the pursuing of this house to a new dimension. You're about to find a favor with God that you've never known before and you're going to ask him for all things, not just the basic stuff, but you're going to begin to move in the abundance of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Come on, give it praise today. Hallelujah. Hang in here with me. I've got some good word for you today. I want to read some scripture. Let's go to John chapter 11. Verses 21 through 24, then verses 41 and 42. John chapter 11, verses 21 through 24. Let me find, there it is. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. But I know, listen to what she said, but now, but I know that even now, whatsoever you ask of God... God will give it you. Even now. Even now when things are at an impossible status. Whatever you ask of your father. Even now he will give it you. You know what Jesus said? He said this. He said your brother will rise again. See he's drawing her into asking for something big. He's drawing her into that. Ask me for resurrection. Because I am the resurrection and the life. But you know what Mary did or Martha did? She said, Lord, I know my brother will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Look at verses 41 and 42. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Do you hear what Jesus is saying? Father, I know you hear me always. You would have heard me if I would have come and told Lazarus to get up off of the sick bed. Because you never tell me no hallelujah to the lamb that's the altar of God that Elijah rebuilt that's the altar of God everything in the covenant is yes and amen there is no no in the covenant whatever Jesus prays for whatever the Holy Ghost prays through you the answer is going to be yes and Jesus looked at Lazarus father you hear me always get out of that grave and Lazarus got it I'm telling you ladies and gentlemen God wants you to go bigger and deeper and higher and further in your asking than you ever have because when Christ prays through you and the Holy Ghost prays through you the answer is yes and amen to the glory of God the Father. Woo! Matthew 26 Look at this. Let me go back. Matthew 26, verses 53 and 54. Matthew 26, 53 and 54. 
Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father? He shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels. More than. More than 12 legions of angels. But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? Here's what you've got to know about proper asking. It's got to be based on the prophetic unction of where and how God is working right now. See, that's Holy Ghost praying. Because he only prays according to the will of God. So when I'm in trouble, I don't go to Facebook Live and try to find me somebody that will agree with me. I'm going to go to the throne of God. And I'm going to open up the Bible. And I'm going to get a word from God. And when I get a word from God, it becomes the content and the context of my prayer. Everybody hearing me? I don't pray outside of that. That's what Jesus said. I could have asked and the Father would have given me more than 12 legions of angels. But I'm here to fulfill scripture. Have you noticed how Jesus was always looking up into the heavens? His asking and his actions were directed from the Father's house and directly from the Father's mouth. Have you ever noticed that? Listen to what he said in John 15, 7. So powerful. If you abide in me and my words, rhema words, not logos, but what I'm saying at this moment, if what I'm saying to you at this exact moment, if you abide in that, those words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. How many of you know Jesus meant that? Don't get nervous on me now. Come on, the Bible says what it says. Jesus means what he says. If you abide in me and my words, my rhema word, abides in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Well, what does that do for the Father? Verse 8 tells us, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. In other words, it's going to make the Father look really good when He begins to answer the prayer that's in line with the rhema word for that moment. And you're praying in the content, the context of that rhema word. The Father will say, yes, He's going to be glorified because you're bearing much fruit and the fruit came as a result of His answered prayer in your life. It's just a great way to live. It's a Bible way to live. It's the covenant way to live. You just hear the word of God, and God unctions that, and you begin to pray through that. Now, it's going to blow some of you away, okay? But look it up. It's in the Strong's Concordance, so it's got to be true. <laughs> if Strong said it, it's true. <laughs> the word ask. If you abide in me, my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will because you're praying in accordance to the will of God when it's the word unction in your prayer that's what you will based on his will you'll have what you ask what does the word ask mean it means request it means supplicate it means desire it means to pray for it, it means to crave some places it's rendered beg do you know what else it means it's going to make us nervous but it also means require, and it also means demand. I'll show you in the Strong's Concordance. I'm not making it up. Makes me queasy too. But that's exactly what it means. When was the word used like that, Brother David? Acts chapter 3, verse 14. Peter is preaching post-Pentecost. And he says, but you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer. You desired a murderer. You asked. You requested. You demanded a murderer. And guess what? They got it. Now God's greater than Pilate. Our Heavenly Father's greater than Pilate. Why would He give them Barabbas? 
Because Jesus was supposed to die. That's the will of God. That's the word of God. That's prophecy. So when we find out where God is at and what God is doing, and we begin to put a demand on that prophetic word, Lord, this is what you said, so now I'm requiring that it be done just like you said. Let me ask you this. When your body is thirsty, does your body say, would you please give me a drink of water? Or does your body say, you better get some water in me or you're about to die? Your body doesn't ask for water. It demands water. I'm not saying we tell God his business. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, God wants us to be much more bold. We're not a beggar. Lord, if you believe you could get around to it, no. There's some things that timing demands. There's some things that needs demand. It can't be any other way. If I got a dead brother, we got to move beyond the sickness now. It demands a resurrection. Jesus wasn't leaving there without it. I tell some of you getting nervous. That's okay, folks. It's in the Bible. God's trying to help us today. God's trying to break us out today. Joseph of Arimathea craved, begged, besought Pilate for the body of Jesus. Why? Because he waited for the kingdom of God. And he realized, I can't have a kingdom if I don't have the king. Come on, somebody. I can't have the kingdom if I don't have the king. So he went and begged. I, I got to have this body. Whew. If you can believe this, the Holy Ghost is not going to take no for an answer. Jesus is not going to take no for an answer. Why do you? If it's the will of God, if it's the rhema word of God, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done for you. That's what he meant. He's not a liar. He's not CNN material. This is heaven talking. Now, listen to me. The Spirit wants to lift our eyes into the glory of the Father's house. To inspire prayers and actions of blessing and breaking. Well, I like what I'm about to tell you. The Holy Spirit wants to lift our eyes into the glory of the Father's house. And to inspire prayers and actions of blessing and breaking. Look at Matthew chapter 14 and verse 19. So powerful. I'm going to go down to the middle part of it. It says he took the five loaves... And the two fishes, and look what it says, looking up to heaven. Everybody say, looking up to heaven. Come on, say it again. Looking up to heaven. He's not looking laterally, he's looking vertically. He's looking up to heaven, because that's where his father is. It's not cirrus clouds, it's not cumulus clouds. It's the third heaven. He's looking into the father's house. So he lifts up his eyes. Under the Father. Watch what it says. He blessed and break and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude. Why do you think Jesus blessed the bread? Hear me now. He blessed it. He blessed the bread and the fish to infuse into the bread and fish the power of of multiplication. It's going to be a long day if I have to do the preaching and the amening, folks. Come on. <laughs> I'll do it if I have to. Woo! He blessed it to infuse the bread and the fish with the power of multiplication. Because the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. Doesn't put no pressure on you. He addeth no sorrow with it. That's how you know when God's blessing you. It doesn't create mental stress on you. You can handle it. Why did he break it? 
See, I've heard my whole life, oh, we got to be broken. <laughs> yes. But listen, every breaking is not supposed to be painful. Every breaking doesn't have to be painful. When Jesus broke the bread and the fish, the bread didn't say, mm, ouch. The fish didn't say, mm, ouch. Didn't do that. He blessed it to infuse it with the power of multiplication. He broke it to break off limitation. <laughs> I'm just going to run a little bit. Is that all right? I just feel like running a little bit today. My God in heaven. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? I said he blessed the bread and the fish to infuse it with the power of multiplication and he broke it to break the power of limitation off of it because it had to be more than it's ever been. It had to go further than it's ever went. Mama set it up to be a basic lunch, but God set it up to be a bountiful miracle to touch the needs of thousands of people. Come on, lift both hands up. In the Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In fact, the blessing is the benediction. It's not the beginning blessing. It's not the invocation. It's the end blessing. God blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. He got more in the latter end than he did at the beginning. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to declare over this house. Your greatest days are now and beyond you. Thank God for what you've been. Thank God for what you've had. Thank God for the lives that you touched. But God says, I'm going to give you the benediction blessing. I'm going to prepare you for multiplication. I'm going to break the limitation off you so you can be more, have more, do more than you've ever done before in all of your history. Come on, somebody shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said he's going to bless your latter end more than your beginning. Basic prayers are going to become bountiful prayers. Basic provision is going to become bountiful provision. Basic growth is going to become bountiful growth. And I will say, thus saith the Lord. Woo! Hey! Come on, give Him praise. Come on, just keep loving God. Hallelujah. 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 There's going to have to be more disciples in this house now. Because God's going to put miracles in your hands and you're going to have to feed it to the people designated to be the recipients of those miracles. More people's going to have to be involved. I said God is blessing you for multiplication and He's breaking the limitation off you where there is absolutely no limit to the growth and the blessing and the manifestation of God to you and in you and through you. Hallelujah. Come on, just keep praising Him. I don't have to go any further. I don't have to. Just, just worship God. Just thank God for what He's saying to you today. My God! Hallelujah. I want to declare over somebody, God's breaking the spirit of poverty off somebody in this house. God's breaking the spirit of impoverishment off you. You've never had enough. You've always struggled. 
But God's going to bless you to multiply. And God's going to break the limitation off you. My God! Come on, if you want to come to the altar, come ahead. I don't have to say another word. Come on, you ought to come and rejoice before your God today. My God, come on, I'm telling you new life. You're moving into a dimension of blessing and power and glory. Hey, glory, glory. God said, I'm giving you the best robe. I put the best shoes on your feet. I'm talking spiritually now. I'm giving you the best. You didn't think you were worthy of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's some prodigals in this house need to come home today. I was going to preach something totally different. God said there's going to be prodigals in the house. You better come home today. Come on. The Father's got his arms wide open to you. It's time for you to come back to Jesus. You wasted your stuff. You wasted your substance. You're dead. You're lost. You're twice dead. You're plucked up by the roots. You're not alive in God anymore. Your name's not written in heaven anymore. You're on your way to hell is what I'm telling you, and you know it. It's time for you to come back home today. You'll wind up in the hog pen, but that's not as low as you're going to go. You're not just going to eat what they're eating. You're going to start committing perversion. A spiritual form, a spiritual form of bestiality. You're going to start producing with stuff you never thought you'd produce with. You better come back home today. There's grace for you. There's mercy for you. Come on. Come on. There's no question on the Father's end. He'll receive you back. Hey, glory. You better come on back home. You better come on back home. It's time for you to go beyond the basic asking. It's time for you to receive the bountiful blessing of the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody pray with our friend in the red shirt right there. Thank you for coming today. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. There's mercy for you today. There's mercy for you today. There's forgiveness and restoration for you today. Somebody in this house, he said, if I could just get back. God says, I'm not just going to get you back. I'm going to take you beyond where you were. As a man told a backslider one time, it'll never be the same if you come back. That's wrong. I'm going to tell you to be better. I'm going to tell you it can be better. Bring forth the best robe. He never had the best robe before. He never had those provisions that he wound up with before. I said, it's going to be better for you. But you've got to come back. You've got to come back. You've got to respond to the Father today. 
He's drawing you. There's other prodigals in here. You're backslid. God brought you here today. God brought us together today for you to hear this word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, ask big. Ask big, Cameron. Ask big, brother. There's a reason your spirit stirred. Ask big. Ask him the height above. Ask him the depths. God, God told King Ahaz, ask him the height, ask him the depths. He said, I'm not going to do it. Come on. Come on. Come on, ask. He told him what the miracle would be. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. Get ready for the supernatural in your life, brother. Hey! Shai yotabaho yoto. Go ahead, Pastor Jonathan. Come on. Come on. It's time to let those things deep down inside of you out today, brother. My God. Woo. Come on, let them out. The deepest cries of your heart. Rivers you've never let out. Let them out today. There's other prodigals. I can't back off this yet. There's other people that are backslid in this house. God wants you to know His judgment about you is the truth about you. He says you're not alive in Him. Jesus said to the church at Sardis, you've got a reputation that you're alive. You've got a name that you're alive. But He said you're dead. If He says you're dead, you're dead. If He says you're lost, you're lost. Come on. There's some of you angry today because people up here is getting blessed. Why is God blessing them? I know what they've been. You know why? Because they're not up here crying wolf. You think they're crying wolf, but they're crying worthy is the lamb that was slain. They're not crying wolf. The crying lamb. The crying worthy is the lamb. They know they don't deserve it. But the Father's giving it to them. Because that's who He is. His goodness is not based on who you are. It's based on His heart, His nature, His life, and His goodness. Come on. Come on today. Come on. Come on. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome back to Father's house. Welcome home. Welcome home. He's going to blow your mind with how He's going to bless you. Hallelujah. There's still more. There's still more. There's still more. I know in my spirit, I feel the drawing of the Holy Ghost today. Surando. I'm telling you, God's putting His blessing on this house right now. He's blessing you. He's blessing you from multiplication. He's breaking limitation off this house today. He's breaking the spine of that's it. Come on home. Come on home. Come on. Come on home. There you go. Come on. Come on. Come on. There's going to be instant restoration for you. Woo! Woo!
Come on. Come on. He's going to bless you today, sisters. He's going to bless you today. He's going to bless you today. It's not tomorrow. It's not three months from now when you earn it. He's going to bless you today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we break the spirit of the world off her. We break the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of deception off her. I bless her in the name of the Lord. I'm going to receive you the power of God right now. Come on, go ahead. Come on, be filled with the spirit. Get all of it today. 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 All of it. Come on, come on, receive it. You're going to make your father look beautiful today. You're going to make your father look glorious today. You're going to create greater fame for your father. Receive what he's giving you right now. In fullness. Come on, receive you the Holy Ghost. What? Somebody ask for your physical healing right now. I'm talking about something been hounding you for years. I want you to ask for your physical healing. Don't ask to feel better. Ask to be made whole. Jesus makes people whole. Come on. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.